Good morning. Happy Easter. Word on the street is if I say he is risen, you'll respond in tradition. So let's test it out. He is risen. Oh, I think we can do better one more time. He is risen. Oh, got to love tradition. Well, um, yeah, it's a great Sunday to gather. It's going to be a good morning. I'm looking forward to worshiping the Lord, talking about Easter, and just being together. Um, this morning, we're going to do things a little differently with our children's ministry. So parents, you still got to take your kids downstairs, but you'll see like a banner flash on the screen, um, and that will be your cue. So when it goes up, you can take them down. Um, and then, of course, pick them up at the end of our service. Um, <laughs> Pastor, oh, Pastor Ralph. Um, and then also, keep an eye on our website. We've got lots of things coming up. All of the information that you need can be found there. Um, and then you would see something like uh, worship night, April 24th. And then you'll see updated. It's actually been postponed to May. So if you check the website, you'll find all of that information. So, yeah. And finally, finally, uh, please be in prayer for us this week uh, as our, like, our youth. Um, myself, a few of our leaders are taking some students to Kelowna for a youth conference. We're super excited. We got the bus going on the road. Like, it's got new brakes. So that, praise God for that. Um, and we are just expecting God to do great things in the lives of our young people. Um, but we also just want to be praying for that and trusting God for that and covering them uh, while we do that. So let's stand, let's pray, and worship God this morning. God, we come to you this morning and we just give you our praise. Lord, you are so deserving of everything we can offer and more. God, we could never praise you enough. And God, we just ask that you would open our ears, that today wouldn't just be a Sunday that we show up and we hear about Easter like we have every year before, but God, that you would bring back the spark and the joy and the wonder of what you've given us. God, just fill this place with your spirit, whether we're at home, online, in this building, downstairs with our kids, Lord, we want to meet with you, Jesus. We want you to be honored in the word, in our praise, and even in our giving. God, everything we do today, would you just bless and anoint that you would be glorified in our midst, in our community. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Chad and team, and wow, uh, meaningful, meaningful songs, eh? Uh, you guys were singing good theology, good theology today, and yeah, I know that we haven't had the banner go up yet for the kids, so kids, guess what? You can go downstairs and go have a great time down there, Miranda and the team are waiting for you. Uh, you go do your thing down there. But don't be too rough on the leaders, okay? Okay. Please be good. Awesome. That's great. Well, good morning, everybody. Yes. How many of you are uh, going to go hunt for chocolates later on? Okay, all the adults raise their hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> Super. Well, we all know that 
Easter is about Jesus' resurrection and, and how glorious it is. Today, again, I was, I was reminded anew of so much. You know, you just, you just look outside and you think, whoa, this is, this is something to celebrate, this new day. And why do we have a new day? It's because of the resurrection. It's because of the resurrection of Jesus. So, well... We're in the middle of a series, probably near the beginning of a series in 1 Corinthians, and today I'm jumping a bit ahead. I mean, <laughs> way ahead. <laughs> and we're looking at chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians today. Okay, uh, you can look there in your Bibles with me. 1 Corinthians, we'll be starting uh, to read at verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I've entitled my message this morning to you, Resurrection freedom. Resurrection freedom. Now, how many of you, uh, you know, you just, you talk a lot about freedom. You know, I just, I'm so thankful we have freedom in Canada. Well, I just, I just want to be free. Okay, I want to be free to do that. I want to be free to buy whatever I want to buy when I go shopping. You know, you talk, you think a lot about freedom. You know, we do. We, we enjoy freedom so much in our culture. Freedom is something that we just, you know, place way up there. I believe that freedom is the deepest human need to, to, to have freedom, to be free. And um, I, I started looking up definitions of freedom this week, and uh, I, I found that there are a lot of definitions about freedom. Everything, political freedom, you know, Freedom in your marriage and freedom from your children. and You know, just every imaginable definition of freedom, right? You, you can find it there. And I found uh, a, a great definition that kind of summarizes all of them, okay? Freedom is the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. Is that up there? Oh, yeah, good. I, I wanted to read it. For you again, though, just to let it sink in, because we're going to come back to it in, in a little bit, okay? Freedom is the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. So let's read 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 12 to 20. Paul writing to the Corinthians, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ, has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. 
Now, there are a lot of negative phrases in this, in this passage we just read. If you look really carefully at it, you'll realize, as, as I did, that Paul, in his words to the Corinthians, are saying, he's saying six things. Six things that really would be messed up in our lives if it wasn't for the resurrection. Okay, six things that really, that really would be messed up if Christ hadn't risen, okay? So let me take a moment. I just want to take a quick look at these six things, okay? I'm not going to take our whole time looking at these six things. I'm going to take a minute. Time me, okay? Okay, first thing I want you to notice, verse 14, the beginning of it, if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. Second point, and your faith is useless. Third point, verse 15, and we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. Verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, you are still guilty of your sins. Fifth point. I'm really racing along here, eh? What do you think? Fifth point. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. Verse 18. And then the last point, verse 19. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. What was that, like 55 seconds? 48. Look at that. I, knew, I, I know some of you are literalists here, so that's why I said that. Now, Paul did approach each of these points from kind of a, a negative perspective. And sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes we need to approach something with a bit of a negative uh, perspective in order to make a strong point. And Paul is making some pretty strong points here. You, you saw them, like the negatives, preaching in vain, faith in vain. And each of these points he makes are extremely powerful. But what makes them even more powerful to me is when we look at each of them in a positive light. And when we look at them in a positive way, and I, I think that if we do that, we, we can see so much more clearly that the resurrection of Jesus Christ in every way really meets the longing of every human heart, which I believe is freedom. And I mentioned that earlier. I believe it's freedom. So on this resurrection Sunday morning, I want us to see in plain English what God has really done for us in raising Jesus from the dead. So let's put the negatives into positives. And I'm going to switch the order around just a little bit because when, when the truth of the resurrection starts to meet our need for freedom, there's a kind of a, a pattern in our lives. There's a kind of a pattern that, that fits our experience. So first of all, from verse 17, instead of saying negatively, that we are still in our sin, if not for the resurrection, then we can say positive, positively that because of the resurrection, we are forgiven of our sins. Wow, that's number one. That's step one. We're living in forgiveness. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are living in forgiveness. And forgiveness is such a powerful thing. You see, if anyone holds anything against us, in a sense, they're, they're kind of holding us captive. And I think that, that we all know that feeling when we know that somebody has, has got something against us. 
we've offended somebody. There's something we've done to people, and, and they're just holding a grudge. You, we get that sense, that, that feeling that, wow, we're, there's something holding us back. There's something stopping us. There's, there, we're being held captive some, some way. And, and it's especially true if we hold something against somebody else. It's especially true if we're not walking in forgiveness. Uh, like the adage I heard once, to forgive is to set the prisoner free and then to realize that you were the one being held captive. You see, forgiveness is so important. We hold ourselves captive sometimes by not walking in forgiveness. And folks, if God holds our sins against us, then there's absolutely no hope of us receiving anything else from God. Follow that logic. If God is holding your sins against you today, yeah! I was pretty sure that that point was biblical. <laughs> you know, if, if, if God is holding something against us. We can't receive anything else. And, and since the work of the cross was so complete, God raised Jesus from the dead to confirm our forgiveness and to prove his son's righteousness. You know, everybody in this room, everybody, even if you're watching online today, we all need forgiveness. And deep inside, even when we don't think about it, we long for it because we sure know, we sure notice when it's not there. Each one of us do. And people, we long to be accepted by God, which is true freedom. Knowing that God doesn't hold anything against us. God doesn't hold anything against you. I'll tell you, that is such a basic piece of being free. Paul says, because Christ rose from the dead, we are no longer in our sins. We are free of our sins. How many of you are ready to say, that's good? Yeah, that's good. Second, from verse 14, instead of saying negatively, that our faith is in vain, if not for the resurrection, we can say positively that because of the resurrection of Jesus, there is someone we can trust. Someone we can trust, absolutely trust. I, I believe that deep in the heart of every person is this longing for someone that they can count on. No matter what happens, they can count on, on that person. Someone who is absolutely trustworthy. Someone who, if you put your faith in them, it won't be in vain. They, they will not let you down. They'll always be there. And people, we all have this longing because we were made for it. God put man and woman in the Garden of Eden to glorify God by trusting Him for everything that they needed. That's how they glorified God. That need has never changed. In spite of all the sin that there is around us, that need has never changed. And now, 
now that we are no longer in sins, this, this longing is satisfied by the resurrection of Jesus. The death of Jesus proves his love for us. And the resurrection proves his power over every enemy that we have in life. No enemy can keep you bound. Nothing. Jesus is that someone you can count on. You can put your faith in. Absolutely, absolutely trustworthy. Someone who will never let you down. Jesus is alive. He's to be trusted. Now, we all know that people can let us down. And some of you are thinking right now, boy, is that ever a fact? I've been let down by people. But Jesus never will. But again, some of you might say, well, you know what? I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with you there, Ralph, because I, God's let me down. God's taken something from me. Or maybe you're here today and you say, well, God took someone from me. And folks, I can understand that feeling, and I think most of us here can. But we need to understand that God always sees the big picture. We don't really know the why a lot of things happen, but He does. He does. And He only does what's best for us in the long run. So whenever you're thinking that God has failed you, Take a moment, take a moment and just reflect on your life and then say, you're right, Lord. There were a lot of times that I thought things were so and so and so. But you see past the curves in the road. I see the straight stretches pretty clearly. But you see past the curves in the road. He only does what's best. Listen to what... Uh, Paul writes to the Galatians in 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Trusting in the Son of God. We, we live, we, we truly live by trusting in Jesus because we fully can. We fully can. And that's freedom. That's freedom. Well, thirdly, from verse 15 again, instead of saying negatively that the apostles are false witnesses about the work of God, if not for the resurrection, we can say positively that because of the resurrections, the, the resurrection, the, the apostles preached what is true. Our young people today are being taught, and, and many of us are taught that there is no absolute truth. Like, something that is true all the time and everywhere, whether people know it or like it, we're not being taught that. The young people are not being taught that. And I don't think most of us, if, you're, if, you, if you look at our culture, most of us have expressed that no, truth is, is relative. There's no real absolute truth. You know, it's very rare, and Tiffany can probably know this better than I, 
It's rare for a teenager today to have the courage to say, for example, in a high school health class, that premarital sex is wrong. Folks, sex outside of marriage is wrong for everybody. It's not just wrong for those who think it's wrong. It's wrong for everybody. Stealing and lying and murder, uh, deceiving and gossiping. All of this is wrong for everybody. Not just for those who think it's wrong. The Bible is so clear on this. Without the conviction that, that these are absolutes and that there are absolutes that should be the basis of our society, if we don't have that, the only end eventually will be anarchy. And I ask you today, what kind of a freedom is anarchy? Where everyone does what is right in their own eyes. I've visited cultures like that. And it's not freedom. Jesus said to those who believed in him in John 8, 31, 32, he said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, in our country, in Canada, we're blessed with a Judeo-Christian heritage. And uh, this heritage, this Judeo-Christian heritage, embraces absolutes. And it embraces absolute truth. But we're moving away from it. The need for truth is, is a deep need in the human soul. It's a deep need in our hum, human society. And Jesus came into the world to say that I am the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. And then he rose from the dead to prove what he said. Jesus has a right to tell us what is absolute true. Because in the resurrection of God, he proved himself to be absolutely true. And, and walking in truth is to walk in freedom. We'll develop that a little, a little more as we move along. But uh, I'm going to put the fourth and fifth points together. Verse 19, instead of saying negatively that we are to be pitied and our preaching is in vain, if not for the resurrection, we can say positively that because of the resurrection, we are to be envied. And our preaching is not in vain, it is full, it's meaningful, it's valuable, and it's significant. Since Jesus has been raised from the dead and is alive, and, and since he reigns as king forever, all our obedience and all of our love, all of our self-denial is positively enviable. Yeah, you heard me right. Why? Because in our obedience, our love and self-denial, we find freedom in that. And that's why many, many are attracted to the Christian lifestyle because those of you who understand this, who are walking in freedom, people envy that in you. 
And if that isn't the case for you, if that isn't the case, then, then you, what you've got is, is a legalistic type of religion. Your walk with Jesus should demonstrate freedom. Freedom, not legalism. Do you know that in, through the gospel, you can do a study through the gospels. Jesus never said don't, except to religious people, except to the religious people. Everywhere else, every other instance, he said give, do, love, be, go. Positive. He didn't say don't. That's not freedom. It's all because of the resurrection. And every one of us, I believe, that is this longing that our lives would be well spent, that our lives would count for something, that they have significance and usefulness, that we don't come to the end of our life and say it was all in vain. All of us, all of us, I know all of us have that sense, that we wouldn't come to the end of our life and say, you know, it, my life was vain and empty and pointless and useless and in, insignificant. It was it was pitiful. We don't want that kind of an expression. And Paul knew this. And that's why he ends this whole chapter on the resurrection in, in verse 15 with the words, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. It's not in vain. And that's the longing of our lives. We don't want to. Not one of us come to our grave and say, yeah, I've wasted my life. We don't want that. But sad to say, many people think that that's going to be the case for them as they're lying in their hospital bed. I've experienced that with many people. Lying on death's door, saying my life didn't amount to anything. And then I've, then I've been in hospital with those who have laid on their deathbed and, and and the word that Paul wrote to Timothy, I have run the race. I have finished the course. And now, what is laid up for me? You know, I've had those expressions too. And wow, that's, that's positive. That's so freeing. That's so freeing. Because of the resurrection, we have the freedom to serve. The freedom to serve. Did you hear that? Now, some of you might say, <laughs> Ralph, that's an oxymoron. Freedom to serve? Freedom to serve? Well, let's go back to the definition. The absence of necessity is what freedom is, right? I have to versus I don't have to. Is that how you understand it? I don't really see it that way. I, I understand the absence of necessity being more like I have to versus I get to or I want to. Like, like how you have to stop at a red light. Is that freedom? Well, I don't know about you, but I get to stop at a red light. I want to stop at a red light. 
so I don't get hit by another car coming the other way who's got the green light. I want to stop there. I, I, I don't have to. I want to. Now, the red tells me that I, you know, I should stop, otherwise I'm going to get a ticket. And, uh, you know, and, and honestly, you know, I, I have come to kind of a rolling stop sometimes. And then, you know, you know, and, you know that's especially true at a stop sign, right? And many of you have done that. And, you know, I learned my lesson early. And as a 16-year-old, I came to a rolling stop, and the policeman was right there, and he nailed me. So I understand that sometimes we need to stop. It's for our own good. It's for our own benefit. You know, I got to tell you a story. I took a, a, a team of guys on motorcycles to Albania once. And uh, we, it was one of our mom missions, men on motorcycles mission. And uh, we, we took several of those through, through uh, uh, Europe. It was an arm of our, uh, our mission organization. And we ministered to, to motorcycle gangs like we did in Albania. We went there. I spent three days in a, in a motorcycle bar in Albania. I drank a lot of Sprite and, uh, and Coke. Uh, but uh, there we were. And uh, it was the craziest city I've ever, I've ever been in in my life. So in this city, they had traffic lights, but no, none of them were turned on. No, none of them were connected. They looked so beautiful. They were... They were up there, you know, and all the intersections, beautiful traffic lights. And uh, they weren't connected because the people didn't see it as freedom to have to stop on the red. We're free. We don't have, nobody can tell us when to stop, right? Apparently, it was really bad, we were told, when, when they were first hooked up. <laughs> so they thought, okay, we're just going to shut off all the traffic lights. Well, the intersections were total bedlam, and they probably still are, but we didn't, we didn't mind that on motorcycles because we just rode down the sidewalks, right? And uh, that was crazy, but the people didn't seem to mind that. You know, it's freedom. Ride down the sidewalk, we'll just get out of the way, and uh, the people just learned to live with it. If, if the people would only have seen that stopping for a red light was was related to, to freedom. Yeah, I, can, I get to stop at this red light. So other people can, can go, and then when they get a red light, they get to stop too, and, and then, then, then I get to go. Well, we would do that for the sake of everybody's freedom. I remember we raised our kids telling them that we would never make them go to church. So we'll never make you go to church. One Sunday, our son, he was 16 years old at the time, he announced to us that, that he had decided today that he wasn't going to church. He was making the decision. So we told him very, very gently, uh, get ready, son. You're going to church. And he, he answered, hey, hey, you said you wouldn't make us go to church, any of us go to church. And we said, we're not making you go to church. Just, just get ready for church. And, and he said, well, you're not making any sense at all. You're making me go to church. He said, no. No, just get ready. We're all going to church. You see, you really want to. You really want to go to church. Your spirit really wants you to do this. You just don't know it. So get ready. Well, he said, you know, that, that logic is so flawed. 
doesn't make any sense at all. And we said, no, that's freedom. Do you get that today? Some of you were looking at me so weird. <laughs> Saying, what are you talking about? That's freedom. Well, you know what? Our son did understand it later. That's true freedom. We want to serve Jesus. We want to serve him. We get to serve him. We get to follow him. It's just envision Jesus. He's there for us to follow Jesus, God. We get to follow him. We get to obey him. And Christ is risen in everything we want to do in his name. Everything we do in his strength and for his glory is significant, people. And it's valuable. It's a treasure. And it brings freedom to our soul. Finally, there is the longing that we will live forever in joy. That we don't come to an empty end. But because of the resurrection, we have a full, we have a valuable life. And life forever. the story of Mary Magdalene, wasn't it? 
Mary Magdalene. And she recognized that she had the freedom to live forever. Mary had everything to lose if there was no resurrection. Everything to lose. If you read the Bible, you find out what her story was. That Jesus forgave her of her past life as a prostitute. It was a horrible life that she was leading, and she was completely forgiven of it. And now, because of the resurrection, she was no longer a zero. She, she lived, and she had hope. She, she would live in forgiveness, and, and she could put her complete faith in Jesus. She could live. She could walk in truth. She wouldn't be pitied. She'd be envied. She'd have a ministry that would be fruitful. And she'd have everlasting joy that wouldn't be ended by death. She'd have everlasting life. Like everyone here who knows Jesus as their, as their forgiver and as their leader. She'd have freedom. And she understood that this would all be stripped away from her if it wasn't for the resurrection. She, she could and would live on to glorify Jesus as the author of life, as her victor over death. Paul says in verses 17 and 18, and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. Or positively, because of the resurrection, they are alive. They will live forever. They live the way Christ lives. They will enter into the joy of the Lord. This makes our lives so much more purposeful. This makes our lives so much more intentional in how we interact with people. Because this is freedom. It gets us thinking, who can I bring me with me to this freedom? Who can I introduce to this freedom? I'm going to ask Chad and the worship team if you could come up now. I want you to hear this. The, the greatest news in, in all the world is that the Lord is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in Him. And, and to make that so, God raised His Son, Jesus, from the dead to reign forevermore. How wonderful that is. We have forgiveness and can glorify Jesus as the all-sufficient forgiver. We have a friend we can count on and, and we can glorify Jesus as completely trustworthy in every situation. We can put our faith in Him completely. It, we've been given guidance and unchanging truth and can glorify Jesus as the absolute foundation for truth and righteousness. Absolute. And we've been given a life that is not pitiable or enviable. It's, it is, rather, it is rather enviable, the life that we have because of Jesus. And we have a ministry that is not in vain, but it's fruitful. And we can glorify Jesus as the source and, and the goal of all life and as the goal of all of our ministry. And we've been given an everlasting joy that will not be ended by death. And we can glorify Jesus as the author of life and, and as the, the 
victor over death. Wow. That's such great news. That's such glorious Easter news. Resurrection freedom is very, very, very good news. And I hope you see it as such. I hope you, you get the picture of what the resurrection really means for you today, that it comes alive in you because he is risen. And as we answer back, he is risen indeed. He is risen. He beat death. And we are free. Let's pray. Lord, you have done so much for us. The agony you went through in the garden on the Thursday night. But as the Bible tells us, you were obedient to death, even death on a cross, the worst kind of punishment, the worst kind of death. But you did it so we could be forgiven. You did it so we could be free. And Lord, the fact that you rose from the dead just sealed, sealed that for us. Sealed it for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection. Thank you for this day. We praise you for it. Maybe you're in this room today and, or you're listening online and you're saying, you know, I don't know that freedom that you're talking about. I don't get it. I don't know it. I want to tell you today that you can know it. Your life will be changed. I was a rebellious motorcycle riding teenager who discovered that just because I was on a motorcycle and I had the open road didn't mean I was free. Oh yeah, I felt free for seconds, minutes sometimes. I didn't know freedom until I yielded my life over to Jesus and said, Jesus, you be the forgiver and the leader, the Lord, the Savior, my life. Everything changed. And you can know that today, too. If you're in this room, if you're, you're watching online, all you have to say is, yes, yes, Jesus, I take you. I, I take you at your word. I receive you. I want you. And he'll come into your life. And everything won't be perfect. No, it won't be. You'll still be you. But you'll have Jesus. He'll walk with you. You'll be able to trust him. Through all the ebbs and flows of life, you'll have him. He'll be your source. Just invite him into your life. And then let us know you've done that, would you? Let us know so we can help you along, so we can pray for you, so we can be with you. Lord, I pray that as your Holy Spirit is speaking to lives today on this Resurrection Sunday, that the truth of the resurrection would come true, would come, would come clear. 
the truth of the resurrection would clean up everything. Clean up everything. Clean up all misunderstanding. Clean up all of the untruths that have been spoken. That would, that would just clean up relationships. Lord, do a clean up job today, I pray. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the hope of our, of our resurrection when we get to, to be in your presence forever and ever. Thank you for this day, Lord. And, and Lord, I reach out my hands and I bless the congregation. I bless those watching online. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. And I pray that you would continue to pour out your blessings on us as we follow you with all of our heart. Bless the people of God this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. And as, as always, we'll be here to meet with you at the front here and pray for you. If you need prayer, uh, we, we will anoint you with oil if, if you need uh, the anointing of oil for healing. Uh, God is good and enjoy his goodness in your life. Okay, everybody? And thank you for coming today. Pass on the joy of the resurrection to those you meet. God bless you. The worship team is going to be playing, continue to play a bit. Uh, so if you just want to bask in the, in the presence of, of the Lord for a moment, that's great. Uh, otherwise, God bless you. This is it. Amen.